Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, you know what? You can always go to viewers at savingwithsteve.us if you have a topic that you would like us to go through. Now, we've had a number of requests through this tax season of how to avoid tax fraud. And you know what? We're going to be talking about that today. We also have a very special guest. We have Ismet Mengla from Magnify Money. What a wonderful journalist she is. You know what? One of the reports that came out, it says half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, according to their survey. And you know what? They have really have more money left after they pay the bills. Uh, the reality is, you know, in fact, 67% of people wouldn't be able to pay their bills uh, if they didn't get their next paycheck. You know, the number one bills are housing, mortgage. Um, you know what? The reality here is we had a lot to unpack today. And Isma's going to be here. She's going to help us get through it all. And with that, I want to, you know what, talk to you about how to avoid tax fraud first. The reality is each tax each year, taxpayers' personal information is compromised through phishing scams by unscrupulous tax preparers. You know what? The reality is we're full-blown in the tax season, people running at breakneck speeds to get their documents to your tax repair, paying them the least amount of money to the IRS and getting the largest refund, okay? If you go to the IRS website at irs.gov and look at tax scams, you're going to see their investigation group is going to come out with some additional information on top of what I have for you. So to avoid tax scams or tax season frauds, Hey, here we go. First of all, choose your taxpayer wisely. Look for a preparer is available year round. Year round says they have a consistent business, not a pop-up shop. Ask your tax preparer for an IRS preparer's tax ID number. All pay preparers are required to have one. Don't use a ghost preparer. They won't sign a tax return. They prepare for you. Also, don't fall victim to taxpayers' promises of large refunds. Taxpayers must, must pay their fair share of taxes. Don't sign a blank tax return. Taxpayers are ultimately responsible for what appears on a tax return filed with the IRS. Now, I want to be really clear about this. And the reason why I want to be really clear about it is there's a lot of pop-up shops where you have ghost taxpayers that says, I'm going to get to the largest refund. In fact, they're going to charge you a percentage of that refund for their, their doing the IRS tax return for you. The problem is they're not going to sign the tax return. You're going to get a notice in three years saying you owe a bunch of money and they're not going to be around to find you or to find them to get your money back. So the reality is stay away from them. Make sure you receive your refund. Your refund should be deposited in your bank account, not the taxpayers. Do never, never respond to text messages, emails, social media posts claiming to be the IRS. They may contain malware or other viruses that could compromise your personal information. In fact, that's what they're designed to do. Don't click links or other attachments, unsolicited emails or text messages about your tax return. These messages are fraudulent, okay? 
Check your personal and financial information. Never provide this information in response to an unsolicited text, email, social media post claiming to be the IRS. In fact, the IRS only mails you stuff. They don't call you. There's a taxpayer's advocacy board, and you can also go to or IRS impersonation scams to TIGTA.gov. That's TIGTA.gov. You know what? Tax season is over on April 18th, and a lot of people are moving fast. So take care of yourself. Make sure you do the right thing and don't get taken by tax fraud. You know what? I want you to stick with us. We're going to be right back. We're going to be talking to Kismet Mengla from Magnify Money. Stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Again, hey, look, I... But truly want to thank you all for uh, tuning in and letting your friends and family and associates know about the show. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, and many others. Um, you know what? Check out a few of our uh, affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio, New York City. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, unlift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. You know what? I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking with Ismat Mengla from Magnify Money. I know I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's this interesting uh, survey that went about, and the results of the survey shows that you know half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and it means that people have no really mon- no money left over after um, the expenses are paid. And we have Ismet here to just kind of help us unpack what's going on with the survey. And we're going to be talking about what people can do to put themselves in a better situation. So Ismet, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, I, I really appreciate you being here because this is a big issue because we're talking about half the United States. Uh, and you know, one of the other things that came from the survey is that 67 percent people said, Hey, you know what? I can't pay my bills unless I get my next paycheck. And that's mm-hmm. kind of scary. Yeah, that is scary. I have been covering personal finance and money for a long time as a journalist. And, and now I'm at magnify money. And, um, despite that, this kind of information still, still shocks me a little bit. Um, because like I said, like you said, you know, our survey found that half of all Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. But what was really interesting about that is, um, yes, that's common among people who are, you know, making less than like $35,000 a year, say, 
But even a third of everyone who's making a hundred thousand or more say they're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and that's pretty shocking to me because you know, if you're if you're making six figures, you're you're pretty comfortably in the upper um, income spectrum in the US. And you would think that that would allow you to sort of save a little bit more. Um, what else we found was, you know, like you said, about two thirds of folks we surveyed said they wouldn't be able to pay their bills if they didn't receive their next paycheck. Um, of course, Gen Zers, who are sort of the youngest generation in the working world right now, we're kind of at the higher end of that um, spectrum, as well as women, though. It was, I think it's about 72% of women said that. Um, oh. And then, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I said, wow. <laughs> yeah, a little depressing, especially if you're a woman. Um, and, and then we also found, you know, and related to that, we found that men could go about twice as long without a paycheck as women could. I think the average was 13 weeks versus seven weeks for men uh, or for so, women. So. so what's the reason for, for what's what's behind that? I mean, it, does, it, does men save more than women? I mean, most I of the ladies I knew or group with had do... a lot more money than most of the guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we've done a lot of other surveys and research at Magnify too, just looking at sort of the gender pay gap and um, things like that. And I mean, we found that there is still a pretty big disparity in terms of how much women make and how much men make. Um, we did another survey a couple of weeks back where we found that I think at least 75% of all jobs that were six figures or more go to men. Um, so there's still a big disparity there. And I think that women are, you know, we, we, we aren't quite at parity yet with men. Um, but a major contributing factor too to that was that about 61% of women don't have three months worth of living expenses saved compared with about 45% of men. And, you know, that's, we've always talked about the importance of having an emergency fund saved over for, you know, a catastrophic event where you might not have your paycheck. Um, but a lot of Americans don't have that either. Um, and, and our survey reflected that as well, because 71% of the folks we surveyed said that they're worried that they don't have enough money saved for emergencies. Um, so it's, it was kind of a dire picture. I'm not going to lie. You know, it, it, it tells us that there's some work to do. Oh yeah. Well, it also says, Hey, if you extrapolate that out to the ability for people to retire, that makes it tougher and tougher to retire down the road especially when they're looking at potential for higher taxes and things like that. So that, that's very, very interesting. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't, retirement is a whole nother topic we could talk <laughs> about, right? Um, we have done studies and surveys on that subject too. And, and Americans are unfortunately woefully underprepared for retirement. And a lot of folks will have to work well into their sort of golden years um, just to get by. And, you know, that's, that's kind of scary as well. You know, when you really think about this, you say, okay, so what can people do mm -hmm. in order to better their situation yeah. and to put themselves in a position where they're not really living paycheck to paycheck? Because, you know, a lot of what this really says is most people don't have an emergency fund. So they're either going to be putting it on debt or mm -hmm. it could put them in the homeless center. And, you know, what we obviously want to avoid that. Uh, so, yeah. you know, what from what your study show, what what, uh, what 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 can people do? What can people start working with? Well, it's funny that you bring up housing because that is the biggest, um, you know, expense that people are worried about. They won't be able to pay their mortgage or their rent if they lose their job or miss a paycheck. Um, and, and that's pretty scary. Um, I would say that I think this does underscore the need for Americans to beef up some kind of emergency savings fund. 
Um, you know, as a money journalist, we've always recommended at least three months. Sometimes that number is six months worth of expenses. Sometimes people say a year. I like to say, don't focus on the end number right away, because if you're at zero, you know, thinking, oh, six months worth of expenses, I can barely make ends meet for this month, you know, that's going to be really daunting. So I like to say, take it small. And just try to get yourself up to two weeks, one month worth of expenses um, and celebrate those big wins. Not by buying something, but you know, <laughs> uh, celebrate that you are able to do that. And I think there's a lot of ways that Americans can do that. And I think, uh, you know, the part about the survey where that we found where we found about a third of, of folks making 100,000 or more were living paycheck to paycheck, that tells me that, and yes, things are more expensive now. Inflation is a real thing, but that does tell me that um, maybe some Americans are getting caught up in what I like to call lifestyle creep. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. That thing where we get a little bit more money or make a little bit more money, but then we spend a lot more too. And that can really eat away at our um, savings and it can eat away at our at our just our financial health and, and wealth building in general. Right. We're talking about retirement. That's a that's a great example of how you might not reach your retirement goals if you're not careful. So I always like to tell people, especially at the higher end of the income, to start by looking at lifestyle creep. Where where are some areas where you're spending where you can probably cut back and it's really not going to hurt that much? Or are there ways that you are spending more than you can or should just because maybe your neighbors do it or your friends do it? And, you know, I mean, that's a real thing. So I'm victim to it, you know? (laughs) I I think everybody is. Yeah. You know, instead of earning an interest, they're paying an interest and it just grinds away their savings and their assets and so on. So I think, but I don't want to say that's, you know, there's definitely folks who are not making that much money and Mm -hmm. they are still are also struggling and and it's a different kind of struggle. Right. So I want to make sure we're cognizant of that. Um, I do think there are some cultural issues as well. I mean, I think I personally think that, you know, a higher minimum wage would go a long way to help some of these things as well. But um, you know, so I, I do think there's structural issues. That said, I feel like there's something that everybody can do to put themselves in a better, you know, financial position. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm happy to happy to talk further about those. So perfect. You know what? Guess it, this is the perfect time to take a break. And then we're going to talk about all the things that people can do to help better their situation. So look, everybody stick with us. We'll be right back with more Ismet Mengla here at Magnify Money. We'll be right back here with some more Saving with Steve. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. 
To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show. Hey, we're talking with Ismet Mangla here at Magnify Money. We're talking about all the things people can do to one, start with the basics is, hey, let's build an emergency fund. Let's reduce the expenses that we have. How can we do that? In many cases, how can we do that with still doing the same stuff we're doing now mm-hmm. and put ourselves in a position where we can start saving some money? So with that, Ismet, welcome back to the show. I know you're on for the second statement. I just said welcome back twice, but hey, we're glad to have you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say that I'm glad to be back twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what you just said about starting first with setting up an emergency fund, that is probably, you know, the number one thing that folks folks can do um, so that they're not in that position where they're living paycheck to paycheck. And by the way, that can also have a lot of great effects on the rest of your life because money is a big stressor. And when you're always worried that you're not going to have enough to pay next month's bills, that affects your health, that affects the way you sleep. So if you have a little bit of an emergency fund cushion, then that's going to lift the quality of your life, I think. So let's break down a little bit of mechanics. Um, Mm -hmm. What would be the great first step for somebody who's looking to do a better job managing their money, finding ways where they can reduce and eliminate some specs uh, expenses? What would be a great first step? I think that the first step should be um, automation because human being as human beings, we're not great at, um, you know, resisting temptation or having willpower, right? Like it's just, why set yourself up for that? Right. And a lot of behavioral, uh, economics research shows that if you can automate your savings, you're going to be so much more successful. And, but what I mean by that is, all right, you get your paycheck. Um, it goes into your checking account and then you're like, okay, I got all this money. I'm going to pay like all my bills. And then, oh, I got some money here. I'm going to go to the movies and, you know, buy a new dress. Um, but before that money even hits your, your checking account, set up a high yield savings account of some kind. It's there are a dime a dozen. Now you can find them, you know, online everywhere. And if your employer allows you to do this, have a certain amount of your um, of, of your paycheck automatically directed to that savings account, first and foremost. All right. Um, if your employer doesn't do it, there are ways to set it up so that it automatically goes from your checking to your savings. But I like the one where it goes directly to your savings account because that means you don't see it. And then you don't look at that savings account regularly, right? Like you're looking at the checking, that's the money you have to play with and do what you need to do. So if you don't see it, you're not going to spend it. And research bears that out. I mean, it's kind of like when I have a carton of cookies and cream ice cream in my freezer. (laughs) I'm thinking about it when I'm on the couch, but if I don't have it there, I'm not going to eat it. Right. So it's really, you just really, (laughs) you sure there's not like some psychological thing that just hits you in the head and says cookies and cream don't get me. Yeah. I mean, I'll think about it, but then, you know, that would be my go to the store and get it, you know, so there's extra, the point is that there's extra steps involved there. Right. So I'm a really big fan of automation and people are thinking, well, I can only just pay my bills. 
Like how you expect me to direct a part of my check to the savings? Doesn't have to be a lot, Steve. Like I would just start with a very small amount, whatever you can bear, even if it's 10 bucks, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever makes sense for you and your budget, start with that. Um, because you'll realize that like, oh, once I have this much to work with, you know, you'll, you'll start making adjustments. So I think that's the biggest thing you can do to um, set yourself up for saving success. I have a, a great little story. Um, one of the people that I had talked to that I met working at a charity, um, their first step was actually to stop using debits or credit cards to pay things. They brought cash everywhere and whatever yeah. leftover change or cash they had, they put it in a jar and at the end of the month, they took it to the bank and put it in their savings account. They first you know what? There's research that backs that up. Yeah. And you know what? The reality is the first month he goes, yeah, I saved 25 bucks. You know, he was actually embarrassed Mm -hmm. to say that. I go, yeah, but you saved money. Did you save money before? He goes, no. And after three months, uh, he actually ended up saving $125 and uh, he built up. I've also talked to other people who have automated the set it and forget it program with the savings. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They realized the impact of what they were doing six months down the road when they had the car emergency and they basically ran over a bunch of nails and they had to replace their tires. Wow. You know, like 500 bucks, but they had it as opposed to putting it on a credit card so they can get that money to go travel. So it was really interesting. I love that automation piece. And I just wanted to say that because people can do a lot by setting it and forgetting it. <laughs> and it feels so good when you do check in on it. I don't recommend checking in on it like every day, right? But like when you do check in on it and that pile has grown, oh my gosh, that feeling, it can't be beat. And it's funny you brought the cash thing up because there's also research that shows, and, and I'm kind of split on this, but there is research that shows that if you spend with cash rather than debit or credit cards, you'll spend less because you physically feel the pain of separating with your money than you do with cards. Um, And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Um, A lot of people like using credit cards. I always say, if you like using credit cards and can use them responsibly and take advantage of them, that's fine. I'm one of those people. Um, But there's nothing like that pain of parting with cash to make you be like, oh, do I really want to spend this? this money. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely love that too. And you know what, let's, let's talk about, you know, what specific things people can do in their everyday lives where they can, Hey, how can I do this for less? Yeah. I think that the, the next step that everyone should take, um, is you don't know where you're going to, how you're going to get somewhere if you don't know where you are. Right. So you've got to take stock of what your situation looks like first. Um, a lot of us don't like to do that. We like to stick our head in the sand and just, oh, you know, whatever. Um, but it's really important to get a really clear picture of your finances. What's coming in every month? Do a tally of that. And on the other side of the paper, or, you know, there's a lot of, you know, tools like mint.com that you can use. Um, look at what's going out, like list all of the expenses that, you know, are fixed, your housing, your rent, your uh, grocery bill, all of that stuff. And then list that out. And it's surprising how you'll find things like, oh, I'm spending 15 bucks on this gym membership every month, and I'm not really going, or I didn't realize that I'm spending so much on that Netflix subscription, um, or all of my streaming subscriptions, you know, you really have to take stock. Because once you take stock, that's going to tell you, oh, maybe there's some pockets here where I can cut back. Maybe my grocery bill is too high, because I'm not, you know, buying sort of optimally. I was reading recently that, you know, with inflation, price of beef has really gone up. 
Um, and chicken has not gone up as much. So maybe that's an opportunity to like, you know, direct some of your grocery budget that way rather than getting the steak for a while or something, you know, and then the price of things like canned tuna is about the same. So there's ways to adjust, you know, your, your bills that way. One one of the other ways that I've seen people save money is, you know what? Um, my wife and I used to be the fan of the packaged salads and they're four Mm. bucks a piece. So if you want every single night, every single day of the month, you're looking at 120 bucks, but if you buy your romaine lettuce or your spinach, your nuts, your salad dressing, your cheeses or whatever, you can actually do it for less than a third of that. Uh, oh, and- 100%. And I've noticed that in so many things. I will say people are like, well, you know what? If I don't buy the packaged salad, then I'm not going to eat salad because I don't have time <laughs> when I get home from work to like, you know, wash the lettuce and do all of that. And to that, I say, that's fine. There are going to be time things where you're willing to spend a little bit extra for that convenience. Mm-hmm. But there's probably other areas where you can cut back, right? So it's really identifying what that thing is for you. You know, I always, I hate it when people say, oh, you know, stop buying that coffee every day. And that's going to be like the lead you to the path to like financial success. But I say not necessarily, right? You have to figure out what expenses are the ones that are really making your life better are bringing you true joy. And if that cup of coffee is doing that for you, then that's the one where you can probably hang on to it. Right. But Mm -hmm. if there's things where you're just spending mindlessly, where you're not really, where it's not enhancing your life, those are the areas where you can probably cut back in in a way that makes sense for you. I agree. You know, I've I've talked to people on both ends. um, One with the old Starbucks routine at, you know, $4 a cup of coffee per day, all that kind of stuff. And it's just more Mm -hmm. of a a ritual. Um, And I've also seen people consistently eat out. uh, And I mean, I mean, like almost on a daily basis, you're like talking eight, $900 a month. Uh, they don't realize it's almost eleven, twelve thousand dollars a year for eating out. And if they were just mm-hmm. to take their lunch, you know, three or four days a week, the difference would be almost five thousand dollars a year. Uh, and you know, when people start realizing that, yeah, I might be able to do something different, or even looking at um, analyzing your auto insurance, your home insurance, your cell oh, phone bill. Yeah. You talked about the cable bill. My wife and I saved a hundred bucks a month just by going to uh, internet and streaming channels. We were good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an option. I am a big fan of, first of all, calling any provider that you have where you have like a monthly relationship and asking for a better rate or a better deal. What's the worst that they can say? No, like you mm-hmm. might not get it, but you might, you might save a little bit of money. I've done that number of times with cable companies, sometimes with success and sometimes with not, not as much success. Um, but I never regretted the like 10 minutes I spent on the phone doing it because <laughs> it can, you know, because it's those recurring expenses. If you can cut those, shrink those a little bit, then that's going to pay dividends all year long. Right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, one but again, the, I think it's things. really important to think about the mindless spending because the, like you said, the coffee, that might be a ritual every day, but yeah, I used to spend 12, $13 on lunch every day. And like, what did, when I reflect back on it, it didn't add anything to my life. It doesn't kill me to like make a little bit of a salad every night. And that, like you said, saves me thousands of dollars a year. So yeah. So the, the reality is I like the things that we're talking about because you know, it might be 20 bucks a month. It might be $40 a month. It might be 10, it might be five, but all of it adds up. And once mm-hmm. you get that emergency fund, Hey, you know what? You don't have to dip into a credit card or you're not as stressed 
And then after that, hey, once I've got that, how do I create a savings for something that's important to me, like travel, retirement, all those type of things. So when the next time the statistic comes out, we would love to see it be at 42, just because people listen to what we have to say, you know, and mm-hmm. keep having that half Americans became 40% or 30%. So oh, we would yeah. love, to, I would see love to see that number shrink a little bit for sure. And I think that people, I mean, the pandemic has certainly led people to evaluate how they do things in a lot of different areas of their life. And I, and I think that people are getting smarter about, you know, about money in a lot of ways. Um, a, a lot of, because a lot of tragedy too, right? Like people have lost oh, yeah. their jobs or healthcare costs, things like that. Um, but I, you know, hopefully there's a silver lining there too. Hopefully. So here's the thing. Um, I'd like for people, cause I know if people go to magnified money, they can get a lot of their financial information and mm-hmm. education. So tell us a little bit about that. And then we're going to have to come to the end of our segment. Sure. Magnifymoney.com um, is a website by LendingTree. And I would encourage everyone to go to both sites, magnifymoney and LendingTree.com um, to get all of your personal finance questions answered on a variety of topics and also a great place to compare rates when you're looking for that best deal on a credit card or an auto loan or or a mortgage. So yeah, check us out. Ismet Mangla, Magnify Money. Thank you for joining us. Those pearls of wisdom will make a difference in many people's lives. So I want to thank you for imparting that today. I wish you well in the future. And you know what? We'd like to have you back sometime to talk about other topics. So I hope you're open to that. I'd love to be back. Yeah, I would love to. Beautiful. Well, look, Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back, but we're going to be right back next week. By the way, next week, we have Michael Keat. He's the author of the book, Money Mindfulness. And we're going to be looking to talking to him about his book. I want to thank Ismet Mengla for being here again. Hey, check out how to avoid tax scams. It's a a big topic because nobody wants to have their, their information taken away or their money taken away. So with that, I'll look forward to seeing you all next week on Saving with Steve. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton.